Bibles, open them up to Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33, and I want to look, I'm going to look at three passages here before I get into it. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, and it says these words, call to me and I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now back up to Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me, underline it, with all your heart. Now go down the road in the New Testament to James chapter 4. James chapter 4 verse 8. Hallelujah. And it says these words. God says this to you and I. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, some time ago, during a time of my personal praise and worship and prayer to God, I was in the sanctuary here walking around like I often do, and I will pray in the natural, I'll pray in the spirit, praying in tongues, okay? And so I was walking around doing that. What I was doing is what the Bible calls I was ministering to the Lord. What is ministering to the Lord? Ministering to the Lord is to acknowledge Him. It is to thank Him. It is to praise. It is to worship Him. And in the book of Acts, when Christians were ministering to the Lord, the Lord, it said the Holy Spirit spoke to them. When they were in a time of ministering to the Lord, creating an atmosphere for Him, it says, then the Holy Spirit spoke to them. When we are ministering to the Lord, we are creating an atmosphere that promotes fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And it causes us, not only is it, is it making this place, wherever you're at praising Him, fit for the King, the King, hello somebody. But when you're ministering, when you're praising Him, you are making your spirit man more sensitive to him. You ever been caught up as a Christian in everyday life and just the, the stuff's hitting the fan, if you know what I mean? And, and you, you can't discern the voice of God for nothing. Have you been there? Or is this only pastors admitting this? Got a bunch of liars out there. We'll get you saved today. All right? But so it creates an atmosphere. And sometime on this one day, in, during my praise and worship to God, I stopped and had an overwhelming desire in my heart to ask my Heavenly Father one question. It's like it just, as I was praying, it, it felt like something was stirring on the inside of me. And all of a sudden, this question came out of my mouth. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what can I do for you Today and every day that will bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to you. A lot of times we're looking for the blessing. But why don't we just start blessing God? Or how about God bless America? How about America you just start blessing God? Are you hearing me somebody? So shift must happen. Shift has to happen in our lives. And so I said, Lord, what can I do for you today? And every day, I just want to be a blessing to your kingdom. Every, every day I wake up and get out of bed, God, I want your heart to be overjoyed. What can I do? And the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly in my heart after I asked that. He said, Psalms 145. Now, when I turned there and began to read it, tears began to flow down my face. Very, in, in a heavy way, the tears began to flow. And what happened was the Holy Spirit led me right to the passage that answered my exact question that I was asking him. 
And I will go to that passage shortly. He is faithful. He wants to speak to his children. He wants to speak to you. But most importantly, he first wants to hear from you. I don't know else how to describe it in an earthly sense. But in that moment of time, I sensed such a closeness and a level of intimacy with the Lord that was so pure and so innocent. How often do we come to the Lord with a with just, God, give me this, give me this. So really what your motive is, you just want him to give you something. Are you hearing me? But God knows the motives of our heart. He knows when we have a pure heart or not. That's why some people, you know, when, when, they try, when they do something and someone, you know, comes against them and says, well, they're not doing it for the right reasons, they'll come back to me and say, Pastor, I'm serious, my heart was pure. I said, listen, though, you only have one individual to answer to, and that's the Lord God Almighty. The Lord knows your heart. And let me set someone free. You're not going to please everybody in this life. Let's, let's put it this way. You have one. You have an audience of one. And it's your heavenly father. Amen. Do you ever or have you ever wept just thinking about the goodness of God? Have you ever wept? Have you ever just felt like you were melting when God's manifest presence was around you? It was just like a warm blanket over in you. The peace that passes all understanding comes upon you and overwhelms your soul. Well, in that moment, moment of time, it was like I was in the throne room of heaven, sitting on my heavenly father's laps, lap with his arms around me, surrounding me. And it's interesting that Psalm 114 verse 2 says that Judah became his sanctuary. The word Judah literally means praise. When you're praising God, you're creating an atmosphere for him to dwell and to come in to your situation. And Paul and Silas understood that truth when they were thrown in prison for preaching the gospel. They could have sat there, they could have moaned and groaned and got angry at God. But no, what did they do? They started praising God. They started creating an atmosphere. Guess what? He showed up on the scene and they were set free. Now, my question is, how often or in the past have we gone through trials and circumstances when all we had to do was create a sanctuary for God to dwell in, in that situation. That he would have come and deliverance would have come. Yet, we choose to have our own pity party. And not trust him and believe what his word says. Psalm 22.3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Are you getting the picture here? But his manifest presence was so tangible to me. It felt like a warmth from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. He was manifesting his presence to me. And he wants to do the same thing for all of his children. That's not just a special thing just for pastors, for full-time ministers. Are you hearing me, somebody? He wants to do it for all of you here today. In your life. Whatever circumstance, whatever trials you come up against, we need to create a sanctuary for our God to dwell in. As James 4.8 said, says when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Let's, let me say that again. When you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Are you getting the picture that you take the first step and then God takes a step? He's waiting on you. He's waiting on me. You move and then he moves closer to you. Many times, you know, many times we get so focused on the works mentality in the Christian life that we neglect relationship, the relationship that our Heavenly Father desires with us. Are you hearing me, somebody? We, we get so wrapped up in this works thing but listen to me, when we pursue works without relationship with God, that is when we cross the line into legalism. It's getting kind of quiet in here. That's, that's when we cross the line of legalism. 
Because God wants our hearts. Everything in this new covenant through the Lord Jesus Christ is about the heart. That's why God says that you can commit adultery in your heart and not even do the act. It's right here. What's, what's going on in your heart? Don't go into legalism. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to be doers of the word. Are you hearing me? And not hearers only, as the book of James says. But seek the relationship. Seek the intimacy. And then the rest will follow. The rest will follow. Everything. If you get the intimacy and the relationship with God, I guarantee you, I guarantee you everything will fall into place. And you will have a desire and you will find yourself delighting in God. You will find yourself delighting getting into the word. You'll find yourself desiring, God, what do you want from me? How do you want me to live? But it all starts with relationship. What is your intimacy level? If you're a Christian today, if you're an unbeliever, well, I'm not talking to you right now because you're, you're on the outside looking in. But what, yeah, I'm talking to Christians right now. What is your spiritual temperature? What is your intimacy level with the Lord right now? Have you been so focused on works? I'll tell you right now, you get just, just focused on works apart from relationship. The devil's going to hammer you on condemnation. You will never be able to move forward with God. It takes relationship because relationship builds trust. You will be able to lean on him. So don't get me wrong. Works are very important to the Christian. But seek relationship. There are too many Marthas and not enough Marys in the body of Christ, spiritually speaking. And as a result, many are living an unfulfilled Christian life. And they're passing up the opportunity to experience heaven on earth right now. I'm talking to Christians. Go to Luke 10. I want to show you something here. Luke 10. God is drawing us. He's saying, I want your heart. I want intimacy. And if he can catch your heart, the rest will fall right into place. Luke 10, 38 through 42. The problem is a lot of things in our, in our hearts have, have kicked God out of the priority seat. Either an individual in our life. Either our jobs. Whatever it is. You just put, put it in the blank there of what it is. What is it that kicked God out of the priority seat in your heart? What is it? Now it happened as they went that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him, Jesus, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted. Underline that. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Works. 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 And she approached him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Martha was distracted and busy working and neglected the fact that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was in the house. Are you hearing me? Well, hey, if you're a Christian, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are, have you gotten so distracted that you've forgotten the Lord is in your house? And he wants priority in your life. He will change your life for eternity if you will let him. Hallelujah. But Mary, however, took the time to sit at Jesus' feet, to hear him, to adore him, to worship him. She, She took time to let Jesus impart his heart to her. Come on. See, this is the thing that is so hard for a pastor to get across to people sometimes. You can walk as close to your heavenly father as Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden before the fall. 
You can walk as close to God as Enoch did before he was translated into heaven. Hello, somebody. Surely under the old covenant, this new and better covenant, Hebrew says, we surely can have at least what the Old Testament people had in this new and better covenant. If we couldn't, let me ask you this, what's better about it? Same thing goes with divine healing. If it was included in the Old Testament, if it was taken out of the new, you tell me, what's better about that? Are you hearing me, somebody? Sometimes it just takes some spiritual common sense to think about these things. But Christians say stupid things that are unscriptural. Are you hearing me? Let's stay in line with the Word of God. See, we need to seek God. And when we do that, we need to expect to hear from Him. We need to expect it. If I'm going to ask you a question, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a response from you. And the same is true with God. That's why prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. Monologue is you're just sitting there just, you're talking to me and, and I can't get in it word in edgewise. You're just doing all the talking. A dialogue means there's two-way communication going on here. Amen? But listen, you should as a Christian... See, a a lot of things that are biblically normal for the Christian life have become abnormal. You know, some people say, well, I'm a good person. And I'm like, okay, um, is your definition of good lined up with God's word? Are you hearing me, somebody? Jesus said only one is good. That's God. Amen? All right. But as a Christian... The normal, the normal Christian should have a desire and a longing to praise and worship the Lord and to bask in his presence, to take time away just to spend with him and not in just doing good works. My thing is you need to pursue both with your whole heart. Pursue both. Multitask. Are you hearing me? Now there's a sermon. How to multitask as a Christian. Pursue them with your whole heart and do good works. All right? But Jesus had to straighten out the thinking of the 70 that were sent out to minister during his earthly ministry. Look at Luke 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 20 here. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power or over all the authority of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Look what he says in verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. That the spirits or demons are subject to you. But rather rejoice, your names are written in heaven. Now I'll tell you right now, as someone who does have a deliverance ministry and loves to cast out demons, it is joyful to see people set free. But you know what? Our true joy is knowing that we're in right fellowship with God our Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. And our names are written in the book of life, in in heaven. Are you hearing me, somebody? The 70 were getting too caught up in the thrill of the power of heaven here, of the power of God and the work of the ministry instead of the thrill of being in relationship in that intimacy level with the Lord. In another account, the disciples were having trouble casting a demon out of a young boy. Go to Mark 9. Let me show you something there. Mark 9. Mark 9.29. They're having trouble. The disciples were having trouble casting this demon out. And they said this. So Jesus said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. In other words, Jesus was telling them that they were trying to rely on their own strength. They were trying to rely on their own ability, which will always breed unbelief faithfulness and a lack of power in the life of the christian again it's all about relationship are you hearing me 
Prayer and fasting. Prayer is simply communicating with God. Communicating with God. Keeping that line of communication open up with, opened up with him. And fasting. This is a benefit of seeking God. And, and both of those things put together are powerful. They're powerful. I, I've noticed in my times of prayer and fasting, I, I did a three-day fast a while back. And I'll tell you, the first two days, your body, you feel like you're getting dragged through the mud. I mean, it is not fun because your body's in the natural detoxing, which is a good thing, by the way. Amen? Uh, but on the third day, say the third day, PJ rose (laughs) and my spirit man felt like, I mean, I just felt so in tune with the Lord, so strengthened spiritually. So I highly recommend prayer and fasting. So, but in those times of prayer, again, it all comes back to relationship. You have a faith problem in your life, you got a relationship problem. Are you hearing me? Because if you have that intimacy, you have that relationship, there's going to be a hunger and thirst for the word of God. See, you can't separate it. You can't separate the the Lord from the word of God. You just can't. If you try, you're going to be out of balance. You're going to be off balance. All right? That's why you, you got some pastors who are, who are pastoring and they're, and they're preaching this love message and stuff, but they're holding on to uh, beliefs of homosexuality and lesbianism that they're okay. Hello, somebody. Hello. In the ditch much? That's why they, you need both. You need that relationship tied in with the word. In, in fact, you can't even know God apart from his word. If you try, you're going to get quacky. You're going to open yourself up to demon spirits. Because the word tells us the character of God. The word of God is the foundation of our faith. You don't have the word, there's no foundation. And you're on sinking sand. Are you taking this in today? The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart one day and he said there are too many of my people christians that are like the children of israel were they expect moses to go up to the mountain while they stay at the bottom who come on guys we are in the last times here are you seeing the great falling away happening oh no no no. hey listen i'm not i'm not just talking about the world i'm talking within the body of christ People who once walked in the truth are, are swallowing a bunch of crap. Come on, somebody. And they, they get led away. They get led away from the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in a great falling away. But who is willing to stay committed to the Lord Jesus Christ? Who in here is willing to get into the word. Who's willing to take time away from recreation things and go in your bedroom, close the door, and lift your hands and just start praising him? Who is willing to do that today? We've got to. We've got to, people. Some people say, well, you know, once saved, always saved. Baloney. Baloney. The Bible says that in the last days, many will depart from the faith. And my thing, listen, it just takes common sense. Let's think about this. Uh, The word depart means you were once in, but you left it. Now you tell me what that means. Departing from the faith. Departing from the faith. Those who endure to the end, the Bible says, will be saved. Huh? What do you do with that? What do you do with that scripture? I'm telling you right now, that once saved, always saved junk, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bait from the devil. The only thing I've ever seen it produce is a bunch of backslidden Christians who fall away from the faith. That's it. And I'll tell you right now, that's why the Bible says that we daily, 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 daily need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That daily, daily, the Bible says, examine your heart. You know, I, I, I think back when I was in the backslidden state in the past when 
You know, I went to church all my life. I was in a backslidden state. But, you know, now I look at it. I see these truths in the word. And I think, my goodness. If I were to die when I was in that state, what if I would have woke up in the pits of hell? What? What? I'm telling you, people. I'm telling you. The Bible says even. Listen. That your name can be blotted out of the book of life. Now let's, let's just make, do some common sense thinking here. If your name can be blotted out, it must have been. What's the opposite of out? It must have been in at one point. I, this should scare hell right out of you. Are you hearing me? It should. Well, that's just doom and gloom. You know what? That's the Bible. And if you can't handle it, that's your problem. If you want to go to hell for eternity, that's up to you. Okay? Everyone has that choice. But too many people want to stay at the bottom of the mountain instead of really putting the time and effort in cultivating an intimate relationship with the Lord. God's heart is saddened when you neglect when you ignore the promptings of his Holy Spirit, when he tries to, to call you into a time. Have you ever had that before? Where you just, you felt like you needed to go and pray. That you just needed to separate yourself. Maybe you were with friends, maybe you were with family. And you just felt, or you were watching a game on TV or something, a show. And you just felt a prompting to go pray. You felt it. How many times have we passed that up? And my question is, God, what were you trying to accomplish there? God, what did I pass up in my life? Because I don't know if you know this or not, but God has your best interest in store in this life. If he's prompting you to pray, there is a reason for it. And it's not his fault if it doesn't come to pass. I said uh, earlier this week on my Facebook, I put messages on there, just inspiring things, you know, uh, I said, God is the most falsely accused being on the face of this earth. He is the people putting things on God that he has nothing to do with. Are you hearing me, somebody? Absolutely nothing to do with. Uh, more so, guess who's to blame? Take, take your finger. Just go like this, your finger, and just start pointing it right at yourself. I know it's sad but true. And the thing is, many people don't want to face that fact because they don't want to face regret. Right? But we need to obey the Lord when he's prompting us, when he's wooing us, when he's calling us to to spend time with him. And not only when he's wooing us, but just on our own free accord. Right? Right? Now, when the Holy Spirit directed me to Psalm 145, I caught the heartbeat of God. I caught what he was trying to get across to me. And I hope that I can get it across to you with his help. Go to Psalm 145. Hallelujah. Once saved, always saved, huh? Okay. Uh, Psalm 145, 1 and 2. Well, that's just a scare tactic, Pastor James. You know what? It should, it should be scary to you. It should be. And I'm not going to try to ease your pain like some of these false pastors in the area are trying to do. Hello? And, and around the world. I'm not, no. I didn't say everyone who teaches one say like that, but listen to me. There is, there, I'm telling you right now, you just better, it is so important where you place yourself under the, the covering of a ministry or of a pastor. Your, that spiritual authority is so important to you. If you place yourself under someone who teaches that abominations are okay to be involved with, Brother, sister, you better run from that place. And if you don't, just know that I warned you. Amen? Psalm 145, 1 and 2. says, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. Now, it brings joy to our Heavenly Father when we extol and bless his name. Now, the Hebrew word that's translated extol 
in that, in that verse literally means this, to raise or to lift higher, to hold up or to make taller. It brings joy to God's heart when we lift him up above our problems, above our circumstances. Not just for a short time of praise and worship and then let him take the back seat of our heart. But to hold him up and to extol him. In fact, I'm reminded of a scripture where Jesus says, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. Keep him lifted up. Keep him lifted up in your heart. Keep him lifted up. And lifting God up demonstrates your faith and trust in him. And that brings him joy. Because Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith or trust, it is impossible to please God. So in order to even please God, to even be at that door, you must have faith in him. You've got to have faith. Now remember, I asked the Lord, I told you earlier, Lord, what can I do for you every day? Well, the Lord spoke to me through this, this psalm, obviously, in verse 2. says, every day I will bless you. Amen. Isn't that neat? The Lord answered my very thing. What was happening when I was praying and praying in, in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was obviously praying this through me, the perfect will of God, and, and when the answer came, and it came right through Psalm 145, every day I will bless you. The word bless in that scripture literally means to adore, to, to, uh, to praise. Again, I want to challenge you. How often do we take the time just to lift our hands to the Lord? Uh, just, just to adore Him apart from a need, apart from a care. That blesses Him. That brings joy to Him. Now look at Psalm 145. 3 through 5. It says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation, oh, I like this. One generation shall praise your works to another. Pass it on to your children. Pass it on to your children and their children. Are you hearing me? And shall declare your mighty acts. And I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. And on your wondrous works. It brings joy to our Heavenly Father when we meditate and think about Him all day and night. How often, again it comes back to your thought life. How often do you keep God in your thought life? Well, Pastor James, that's impossible. What do you mean all day and night? How can I do that? Oh, you can do it. You can do it. But guess what it takes? The D word. Discipline. It takes discipline to do it. Absolutely you can do it. Well, you sure give a whole lot of time to a lot of other things in your life. Just, you know, if you gave God half of the time. Hello, somebody. How about give him all the time? Because, listen, when you start from the top down, if you put him at the top of your life, everything in your life just seems to fall into place. I didn't say everything will be perfect, but what I'm saying is, you know, you know, oh, daddy's got my, my back. He's going to show me things to come. Are you hearing me, somebody? He's going to prepare me. He's going to comfort me. He's going to strengthen me to walk through that valley of the shadow of death. And I will fear no evil because you are with me. His will is for us to fill our heart and soul with thoughts about him and his word all the time. And when Christians fail to do this, when you fail to do this, guess what begins? Backsliding. There's no standing still in the Christian life. You're either moving forward with God or you're going back. What are you going? What, what's your direction? What's coming out of your mouth, by the way? Come on, somebody. The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, you can't judge me. Sure I can. Let me talk, listen to you talk for five minutes. I'll tell you what's in your heart. Because Jesus said the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? My, my, my. Psalm 145, 6 and 7. Men shall speak of, of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness, and shall sing of your righteousness. 
It brings our Heavenly Father joy when you are so excited about your relationship with Him that you can't but help to tell others about Him. Many Christians, they, they, they witness, they share Christ with people just out of guilt and it works mentality instead of the pure motive that's birthed out of your own pure relationship with Him. I mean, you know, have you ever heard someone share Christ with someone who are, it was just kind of a works thing and out of guilt? And it's like, you wouldn't even be able to get a fly saved, brother. You know what I'm saying? With the, you, know, you know, what draws people to them is seeing that Christ is real in you. And what he has done in you, your walk with him personally. Like I said before, when you become salty for the Lord, you make other people thirsty for Him. Think about that. When you have an intimate relationship with the Lord, you will be more effective in leading people to Jesus. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you. And out of that intimate and close walk with God, you will tell others about the following characteristics that are in verse, uh, one, Psalm 145, 8 and 10. The Lord is gracious... And full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) I'm telling you right now that I want you to notice that Psalm 145 begins with i will bless you every day i will praise you and then you notice how as you go down this psalm it talks about the attributes of god it talks about his wondrous mighty power you want to know why because when you come into a place of intimacy and praise and worship and blessing him every day you're going to walk in that power you're going to see the wondrous works of god are you hearing me somebody Look at verses uh, 11 and through 13. They shall speak of, your, of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. To make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. I, the word of God, this psalm is putting a lot of stock in the power of God. Isn't it? You want to know why? Because God is not dead. He is alive and well. He's still doing miracles today. He's still touching sick bodies. Are you hearing me, somebody? He's still setting people free. And if he had to, and you were lost in the wilderness, in the desert, he would still give you manna. Oh, come on, somebody. I am so tired of hearing Christians Try to explain away how the power of God just doesn't move today like it did back in Bible days. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And if you're going to believe that, you're a punching bag for the devil. I'll tell you right now. Because we need the power of God. Amen? Some things have happened in your life. Some things that happened in my life where God intervened that we don't even know about. That probably saved our lives. But we're so consumed with natural things, we're spiritually blind many times. Right? Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to the choir today. I'll preach to the choir. Okay, they're not here today. Uh, But listen, Psalm 145, 14. It says, the Lord upholds all who fall and raises up those uh, those who are bowed down. Our Heavenly Father upholds the faint. He raises up the humble and those that worship Him. What is humility? What is pride? Well, I'll tell you right now, it's not what the world thinks. Humility, biblical humility, simply is this. Doing the will of God and forsaking your own way of doing things. Pride means ignoring God and doing things your own way, on your own terms, apart from God and His Holy Word. That's what it is. Humility is not calling yourself a dirt bag, scumbag, and I'm good for nothing. No, that's ignorance of who you are in Christ. That's ignorance of the Word. But true biblical humility is, is saying, 
God, I die to my own desires, and I want your desire. I delight in your word. I've been walking. You know, it's interesting. I've been walking around all week praying in here. Do you know what has been coming out of my mouth constantly? This has just been stirred up in me, and now is a good place to mention it. I've been walking around, and I've been saying, Lord, my meat is to do your will, O God. That's what Jesus said. He said, my meat is to do your will, O God. What does he mean? What does meat do for a person? Strengthens them. Gives them nourishment and strength. And when you do the will of God, you're giving yourself a shot of strength. Oh, hallelujah. A shot of spiritual nourishment. Are you hearing me, somebody? It's like when you're doing the will of God, you're constantly on an IV from God Almighty. Hallelujah. You know what's in that bag? Living water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 145, 15 through 17. I'm having too much fun up here. Glory. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Hallelujah. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways, gracious in all of his works. Now listen. Verse 16. Your hand, you open your hand. Talking about God. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit spoke this, spoke this in my heart. He said, do you really want God to open his hand in your life? I'm like, yeah. Well, the way to open God's hand is to seek his face. A lot of times we just seek the hand. God, what can you give me? What can you give me? What can you give me? No, the way, the true way to open God's hand is to seek his face for who he is. Think about that. Again, it comes back to a pureness of heart. I just want to know you more, God. I want intimacy with you. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth. It brings, jo- it, it brings our Heavenly Father joy when we call upon him sincerely and in truth. God is just waiting for you to talk to him. God is waiting for you to communicate with him. He takes pleasure when you decide by your own free will to call upon him, to talk with him, to lift your hands and just praise and worship him. Especially, like I said earlier, the times when you absolutely have no other agenda except to praise him for who he is. I hope I'm stirring you up today. You simply want to spend time with him, commune with him. This is the heartbeat of God, people. This is the very reason why God created mankind for fellowship. That is it. That is it. Hey, that, I mean, my goodness. And listen to me. His original intent has not changed today. His original intent is still his intent today. The only difference is, since the fall of man, now we've got to approach him through his son, Jesus Christ, who made a way through his shed blood. God did not create hell for us, for mankind. Did you know that? Well, why why does God send people to hell? They, They don't. They didn't take advantage of the provision that he made through Jesus. Think about that. The provision, I look at this and I think, my goodness, people live 60, 70, 80, 90, even 100, 120 years who have died and are in hell right now when the provision their whole lifetime was there. The book has been there the whole time. They heard the message over and over. God was trying to get their attention and said, all you got to do is believe that Jesus paid the price for you. And you could avoid hell. Think about this, people. The Bible says that hell was created for the devil and his angels. The ones who rebelled against God. I don't want to be a part of that company, someone. Hello? Now, hey, listen. I know when you you hear hell, you know, it just kind of skims over. But I want to smack you right in the face with it right now. It is a reality. It is forever. Forever. 
You take your last breath right now, it's sealed. If you take your last breath without Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's done. It's over. Game over. Unless the doctors can resuscitate you and you come back to life. Hello. But that, that's a pretty bad gamble. Hello. You got breath in your lungs right now. You got to make the decision. And the fact of the matter is you could drop dead right now. And it's the mercy and grace of God that you even have breath in your lungs right now. If you're, a Christ, if you're an unbeliever. You could leave this place today, get in a car accident, get killed. Guess what? Game over. Done. There's, there's no purgatory. Hello, somebody. There's no waiting room. There's no waiting room. Nobody can pray your soul out of hell. It's settled. It's done. There's, there's no such thing as purgatory here. None. That's a, that's a doctrine of demons. It's, it's not even in the word. And here we got people who swallowed the bait. They swallowed the bait thinking, you know what, just pray some prayers for me. You know, I'm going to get out of this waiting room that we call purgatory. Well, it's a lie from the pits of hell. You need to make Jesus Christ Lord if you've got breath in your lungs right now. Hallelujah. But God wants to meet all your needs. But is good. So I want to say that God wants you to come to him with no agenda at times. But don't get me wrong. God loves to meet your needs. My thing is, hey, let's just come to him with a pure motive. With a pure heart just for who he is. Amen? And if you don't understand that concept about motives and asking for something, you know, uh, you know w- with an unpure motive, uh, husbands, just talk to your wives after the service and they'll explain that concept to you in further detail. Um, <laughs> Psalm 145, 19 through 21. Listen to this. He will, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. What does the word fear mean? It means who reverence him. Who make him priority in their life. Praise God. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. Who also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him. But all the wicked he will destroy. In other words, his hand of protection is lifted off of all those who choose to do their own thing. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. It brings joy to our Heavenly Father when we reverently and worshipfully fear and love him. See, we we as Christians, we ought to be in awe of God's presence and power. We ought to be in awe of his attributes and who he is. I mean, with all that is in us, we need to love our Heavenly Father for making a way to put us back in right standing through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because you know what? He didn't have to do it. Jesus didn't have to come down to this earth and go to a cross. He didn't have to do it. But He did. For you and for me. For the sins of the whole world. The provisions there, legally, the provisions there. Now, experientially, that's a different story. You got to tap into it by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you really love someone, you will desire to spend time with them, right? And all the ladies said, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, a couple of you. Um, Maybe I don't have a normal church here. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, marriage counseling this week. Yeah, no, okay. But you can tell, uh, you can tell that your spouse, uh, that you love them, lip service. But if you never make an effort to spend time with them, it, that's all it is, is lip service. You know, and, and your love toward God is proven by your actions, by the motivations of your heart. Jesus said it like this. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And Titus 1.16 says, they profess to know God. They speak, I know God, I know God. They profess to know God. But in works, they deny him. So we don't want to belittle works. For the Christian. 
Now, for an unbeliever, if you're just doing good works, guess what it's called? Dead works. It's not earning you any favor with God because the only door to God is through Jesus. But if you're a Christian, there should be some good works that are evidence that you're born again. That's what it is. It's evidence. Evidence. Say evidence. Evidence. I want to see some evidence, God says. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And that's why Jesus said in John 4, 24, that the Father seeks those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. So get rid of all the unscriptural religious rituals and traditions in your life and just begin to seek and worship him in spirit and truth and value and obey his written word. Because if you'll cut in spirit and truth means you're going to value his word. Amen. Verse 21. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. God wants us to verbally praise him and not just think it inwardly. But there's got to be times when we, when we're allowing it to come out of our mouths because the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak and you're creating that. I just love that analogy you're creating a sanctuary for him to dwell so after the holy spirit led me to that passage this psalm 145 he tied it all together by speaking this to my my heart he said many in the body of christ are going about it backwards and are spinning their spiritual wheels going nowhere Many christians are so consumed with works that they neglect the relationship When they need to focus on their relationship with their heavenly father. And then the works will spring forth through that intimacy. With a pure heart. So, my original question to my heavenly father was this. Lord, what can I do for you today and every day? And the message that the Lord was trying to get across to me and now to you is very simple. He says this. I desire and crave your fellowship. I want you to be in love with me just as much as I am in love with you. That's what it boils down. Oh, I just felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost hit me when I said that. Let me say that one more time. God says this to his people. I want you to be in in love with me just as much as I am in love with you. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, pour out your spirit in this place. Pour out your spirit in this place, Lord. Oh, Lord. Father, just let your manifest presence right now just fall upon every individual in this place. Let your manifest presence fall upon every person watching on the internet, listening on the radio and internet around the world. I sense this by the Holy Spirit right now. That there's someone here, there's someone or watching here, I don't know, but I feel like I need to say this. There's someone on here who's going in the wrong direction, and if you continue to go in the wrong direction, you're going to cut your life short. You're going to cut your life short. If that's you, I want you to come down right now. You'll know if it's you or not if you're in this place. You're going to cut your life short. You're going to die before your time. I just, ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit saying that to me right now. You're on the wrong path. You know who you are. The Holy Spirit's been drawing you. You're feeling that nudge on the inside right now. If that's you and you're in this building, I want you to come and meet me by that drum set right now. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. Like I said, you get one go around. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. Then the judgment takes place. Then the judgment. Last breath, it's over. Last breath, it's over. If you've never made him Lord of your life, don't leave here without making him Lord of your life. Come up by this drum set right now. Now maybe there's some you've ne- you, you made Jesus Lord of your life a while back. You were doing great. You had that intimacy level. But somehow, some way, something else took the priority seat in your life. And you've fallen away from Jesus Christ. You've fallen away from him. And frankly, if you died right now, you don't even have the assurance that you would go to heaven. If that's you, I want you to come forward right now. Obey the Holy Ghost. Obey him right now. Obey the promptings of the Spirit of God right now. If you're in this place, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. 
I want you to come forward. I want to pray with you. If you want to learn more about the Holy Spirit baptism, it's a Bible experience. It's a Bible experience. It's a Bible experience. What else can I say? If you want everything that God has for you, get your tail up here, and I want to pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Maybe you're in here, you have a physical infirmity. You have a sickness. You have something going on physically. Maybe you have something going on emotionally. I want you to come forward, and I want to pray with you. Turn this music up. The rest of you worship the Lord. Come down to this altar. If today you're making a decision that you truly want to seek the Lord with, and you want that intimacy level, I want you just to take a step of faith. And I want you to come to this altar and you just start worshiping the Lord at this altar. Amen? If you want, I'm telling you. Well, we got one, praise God. If you want that intimate relationship to begin today, right now, if you come up to this altar, I believe God's going to meet you in a special way. If you don't want it, stay where you're at.
down in uh, Tennessee. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a blessing. But they want us to pray for Anne uh, to begin sleeping at night and for relief from nausea. So she's obviously not feeling well. Stretch your hands toward that camera right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift Anne up to you. And I command all insomnia to go in Jesus' name right now. If you have insomnia here, you receive this prayer too in Jesus' name. Lord God, I, I just thank you that your word says that you give your beloved sleep. I pray when Anne's head hits that pillow at night or whenever, I pray that you give her sweet sleep in the name of Jesus Christ. And I command this nausea, whatever is causing it, to be healed. Every organ in your body be healed. Function properly. So Lord, let your, your manifest presence go right through this camera, right through Anne's computer, right into her body, in Jesus' name, to bring forth healing. Hallelujah. Um, okay, there's a, a Gail who's watching right now. She says, we have just resigned from our church, which was teaching all the wrong things. Pray that God will be with us during this time. They are searching, okay, Gail and her husband and family, they're searching for a new church, uh, but there are not a lot of options. All right, so Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift Gail up to you and her family. Lord, I just pray right now that, Lord God, that you would fill their home and their life with your awesome glory and manifest presence. Let your peace come into that home. And Lord God, Gail and her family, obviously, Lord, you, you've taken blinders off of their eyes to see that things that obviously have been taught in this church are, are not even biblical. And Father, we thank you and praise you for that. And Lord, we pray that you would lead them to the right church that you want them to be connected with. And Lord God, if, if there's that few of options, we pray you would send laborers to raise up a church in that location. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Lord, do what you do best. Lead and guide your people into all truth and deliver them from evil in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Derek, come on up here. Derek, real quick, just has a quick testimony. Oh, you want to use that one? All right, go ahead. Or you want to walk around? You're a walker like me, so. uh. (laughs) Well, Pastor, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit saying I needed to share this song. It goes with his message. Well, I'm at work. I'm at work, but I'm not totally there because I'm there to pre- the praise God and praise Jesus while I'm there. And when I'm walking around, I'm just I'm praising him, talking about him, and everything. And this girl came up to me. I haven't shared this with anyone. She comes up to me. She says, Derek, I don't know what it is, but every time I see you, I want to talk about God. That's what I'm talking about. I love Jesus, and I can see it. And every time I see you, I want to talk about him. Praise God. And then this other fellow comes up to me, and he says, you know what? And the devil tries to get at me. He says, there's like 30 people in here, and 15 or 20 are laughing at you. Five or six are understanding. But there's that two or three that want it. Oh. They want it. They're hungry. This one fellow comes up to me. He says, what made you this way? 
What made you like this? What? What? I said Jesus. Yeah, Jesus amen. Jesus made this. No, no, there's nothing you can get like this. He made me. He. It's all because of him. Yeah. And just to hear people come up and say, I just, I, I want to talk about Jesus with you. Yeah. I want. I have people that want to have dinner with me in Dakota because they want to talk about Jesus. Oh yeah. Amen. They, they, amen. They want to talk. No one. They don't. They don't. They're not used to seeing people talking about Jesus all the time. I want to talk about Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And I'm just telling you, they can see it. Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. Amen. Good job, brother. What a blessing uh, Derek and Dakota are to the ministry. They, they're such a divine connection. Uh, how we met was so awesome. And, and, of course, I married them. And, and they are on fire for the Lord. They are sold out. And we thank God for that. Amen. But let it not be said of RCC that, well, you know, uh, 30 of them, 40 of them think that, that, you know, people like that are quacks, you know, you got your few who understand, but you only got a couple that want that intimacy level. Let it not be said about RCC, amen? Amen. Let's go higher with the Lord, all right.